The snap is down. Tyler Bass, the kick is up. The kick is good. The clock says zero. The Bills have won it in Baltimore. The Bills came from 17 points down to beat the Baltimore Ravens. Unbelievable. Yes, we did see the Bills come back from down 20 to 3 to beat Lamar Jackson. We also saw the Eagles and Jalen Hurts remind us why they are the only undefeated team left standing. We didn't flinch, we persevered, and we were unwavering in how we played. Nothing was able to deny us. And yeah, Bailey, Zappi, and the Patriots were unable to deny Aaron Rodgers. Snap, placement, swing the right leg, kick to the upright. It is good! It is good! Mason Crosby has done it again! And Patrick Mahomes did do pretty much all of the Patrick Mahomes things against the Bucks. At the two, they fake the trap. Now Mahomes scrambling to his right, holding it, holding it, gets off the hit, now lunging forward. Now fires it late, caught at the back of the end zone. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Mahomes with the touchdown pass. We were going to talk about all of that. We were, we really, really were. But after what happened to Tua Tungabailoa on Thursday, and after watching more than half a dozen players enter the concussion protocol on Sunday alone, the topic most on our minds, we realized, by far, turned out to be the mind itself. So today, we go inside the concussion protocol with a quarterback who has been through it, who has manipulated it several times in his own career, our own Alex Smith who tells us what we cannot see from the outside and what should finally change. I'm Pablo Torre. It's Monday, October 3rd. This is ESPN Daily. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with the smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely. Drink wisely. So, Alex, I'm going to ask you, I think, some personal and even more invasive questions about you and your life and your career here today. So just first off, thank you. Thank you for consenting. Thank you for agreeing to do something a little different here. I like that you told me that once we're already on air and rolling. So that's good. Okay, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we get into it, I do want to do the brief recapping here of why we're doing this, because we're doing it because Tua Tunga-Vailoa is in the middle of the most explosive story in the NFL still today. I mean, this is the quarterback of the Dolphins. If you've been hibernating, what you should know is that last Sunday, a week ago today, he got pushed to the ground, hit the back of his helmet against the ground, against the Bills. He got a flag down. It's in the backfield, too. And Tua getting up slow there. Oh, yeah. Personal foul. Roughing the passer. Uh-oh. Defense number 58. Tua is struggling. 15-yard penalty. First down. Yeah, he got hit. Jimmy, he doesn't know where he is. No, he got he up, staggered around. And a lot of people immediately said, oh, look, he is concussed. And he got evaluated for a concussion at halftime. Returned to the game. 
at the beginning of the third quarter, got evaluated, won the game, and the Dolphins said, oh, actually, that evaluation produced um, evidence of a back injury. That was week three. And so here we are in week four. They play the Bengals on Thursday, four days later, amid this ongoing investigation by the NFLPA. And of course, Tua winds up getting sacked. He hits his head on the ground even harder this time. And the scene is even more horrifying. His hands are grotesquely cramping, a clear sign of head trauma. Alex, he needs to get stretchered out. And in the aftermath of the blame, like the independent neurologist who cleared him to play last Sunday gets fired. All of this stuff is happening. All of which leads me to ask you, how many concussions did you have in your NFL career? <laughs> well, on that note, Pablo, uh, documented ones, you know, cert- certifiable or, uh, you well, know. Let's get both, let's get both <laughs> answers if you could no, estimate no, I, I, and also precisely I, I'm, account I'm, for them. You know, I'm half joking, half not. You know, I've been lucky. I had one in college and I had, I had two as a professional. Yep. And both very different experiences uh, in the NFL's eyes. I think they would only say I had one documented case, but, uh, but yeah, I've been pretty fortunate in that regard, but also they were both incredibly memorable, uh, complicated for me. Yeah. And so watching, watching last Sunday, I, I, I mean, I was watching the ball game. It was the biggest game of the day, you know, Miami and bills. And, and I watched the hit when he tipped over and hit his head against the ground. And it's, you know, there, there were so many things that resonated because it's always the ground. Like I, I feel like there's all these huge hits sometimes that, that are, are like highlight real types of hits, but it's always, the ground is so unforgiving and falling down like that and the whip of your head going back. And I think I was like the rest of the country, like this kid grabbed his head immediately, right? He got up and stumbled. Yes. Like seconds later and was removed from the game and, and, you know, over the course of my career, the protocols and the the, the concussion, obviously the knowledge base, the whereabouts, the, the the system to get these guys out of the game, the spotters in the crowd, the independent neurologist, the red hat, uh, whatever you want to call them. I mean, there's all these things that have been implemented over the last 20 years. And, you know, it seemed like an obvious sign. They got him out. Yep. He's in the protocol. And, you know, obviously Teddy Bridgewater runs in and a veteran backup and I'm kind of interested to watch him play. And then, you know, like you said, I fast forward. I couldn't believe it when they came out of halftime and Tua was back in the game. I, I literally was, it, it, it was unbelievable to watch. You know, you, you remember what you saw, this kid stumbled, he grabbed his head. Like it, it's uh, he clearly hit his head on the back of the ground. And then to hear the reporting of the back injury, the ankle injury, all this other stuff that came out after the game, yeah, it was really, uh, it, it was funny, you know, for me, obviously a lot of brought back a lot of personal memories about that process. And then uh, watching obviously Thursday was, uh, it was hard. It was, it was tragic. It was thankfully he seems to be doing well and, and hopefully he's on the mend. And, uh, you know, there's been so many measures that have been put in place, like I, we just said over the last 20 years, and clearly they failed in this moment. So, you know, obviously we're all left with a bunch of questions and trying to figure this thing out. Well, I want to get to your concussions, your accounting of them. I want to get to I want to get to what it's like actually to go inside of the protocol that everybody is now debating here, Alex. And and I guess let's just talk about it from your perspective. Yep. What's it actually like to enter it? Like what does it involve? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, the very first the very first test. I don't know the name of it, but it's the test you get on the spot. Like you're on the sideline. There is a short five to 10 question exam that 
your team doctor or the neurologist can administer. And this is this is the basic, do you know where you are? Do you know what you had for breakfast? Do you know what time it is kind of thing? What's going on around you? Like very, very obvious questions. And you quickly can find out if somebody's, you know, obviously slow to respond, doesn't know, you know, they quickly, that's your, that's your first ticket to get into the protocol. And, and mm. uh, once you're in it, you're in it. You're obviously not going back into the game. And there are a series of kind of hurdles, I would say, to get back. And they take a while. And the first one is we all take this baseline test at the beginning of the year. It's kind of a response. It's on a computer. You know, you're literally like memory test, mm. speed of, of processing. It takes like 20, 30 minutes. And every player has a baseline that we had already recorded in the offseason. This is the one that infamously, you know, Peyton joked about scoring lower on. So you could get back in. And that was always the joke. No, no one ever did it, obviously. You know, he was with the gamesmanship of if you tank the test, you can have a lower threshold to clear the next time. But but in terms of even setting the threshold, what are some of those questions like? Like when you're at this, I mean, where is this taking place? Like where are you on a computer? Is it in the facility or where is that happening? In the facility, and you're in a room by yourself. They do, they try to do as best job as they can as eliminating distractions. Yeah. And it's a time test. You get on this computer and it you have a mouse, and it's 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 literally, you know, remembering words response timing, you know, uh, clicking on buttons at a, at a certain speed, uh, you know, as they come up, problem solving, kind of like elementary uh, puzzles that you're kind of solving. And then at the end of the test, they're going to come back to some of the words that they gave you at the front. You know, and there's a lot of factors that they're looking at this, right? Again, time of response, you, you know, you're scoring on actually how you remember all these things. But, but it sounds like they're testing primarily because the questions are not that hard. They're testing for speed of answer and and memory. Yeah, it's it's... You know, obviously some kind of PhD came up with this test and it would be hard to tank it. You know, you're, you're on it. You're kind of just, you're, it's all reactionary. Reactionary, you remember the words they gave you at the beginning. You're kind of going through these puzzles. Uh, and then at the end, they obviously ask you to remember these words. And, it, you know, I know Peyton was joking when he said it, but that was always kind of the joke in the locker room as well. Mm. And especially as you become more veteran, you kind of just keep your baseline. It's not something you take every single year. So you kind of have your baseline test. And then once you go into the protocol, you know, you would come in on a Monday and immediately they're always checking symptoms. So you come in on a Monday and they would immediately get examined uh, by your trainer and the doctors on your sleep, uh, any symptoms you're feeling or have felt since the game. And if at any point you have symptoms, you're automatically not going to the next hurdle. So at any point in all these things, if a symptom arises, right, headache, uh, nausea, dizziness, trouble sleeping, whatever it may be, trouble with your vision, balance, you don't get to progress to the next step. And so you're stuck there until you kind of pass those things. So if you do, right, you come in, say you came in, you, you don't have any symptoms, you slept well, you're feeling good, uh, you go ahead and take this baseline test again, right? And then they're going to reference these up against each other. So this is all happening the day after, presumably, that you just hit your head on a Sunday Let's say this is the Monday where all of this is happening. Yep. So that happens then Monday. And that's kind of essentially all you're doing. You know, you may be able to go up to meetings because Mondays are kind of a light day anyway. So you, you don't get to work out. You, you can go sit up in some meetings if you're feeling good, take place in any of that, but you're not doing any physical activity. And then you're going home and you're sleeping again. And you're coming back in the next morning and it's kind of the same thing over again. Have any symptoms arisen? And 
did you sleep well? Do you have any headaches? Do you have, you know, it, it, dizziness, any, any of the, the, the kind of standard questions. And then at that point you get to work out. Mm. So you're going to do some physical activity. You're going to get on a, ride a bike. You're going to go lift some weights. Um, you're going to get a sweat in. And then that's all you're going to do that day again. And uh, once again, go home, sleep, come back in. Did you have any symptoms? So as you're doing all these things, there's this process and protocols, right? They're constantly, as you do one, you have to give feedback based off your feelings. There's certainly, a, a, they're waiting. You do get to upgrade to practice at that point. Um, so we're able to go take part in practice, throw it around. And then again, it's the exact same thing. Has anything come up? How you feeling? How's your balance? How's your you know headache? Any, any of these things. You do also at this point, you're plugging along on these hurdles. You get close to having to see an independent neurologist at this point. The same, potentially the same guy, if it was a home game or a girl that was at your game and you're going to go do a full exam with them, full neurological exam in office. Same thing. If you're symptom free, it's a pretty standard examination, right? I mean, it's the same thing. A lot of these same questions, um, how you feeling, you know, quick neurological exam and you're kind of out of there. Uh, you, hey, well, well, that that neurological exam you're describing that takes place like midweek now is where we are after um, the Sunday in which this happens. Um, on the Sunday itself, do they do anything like during the game that determines whether you can go back in specifically? Like, is there a way? That yes. So to rewind, yeah, absolutely. So to rewind, so say you answer the ten basic questions really well. You know where you are. You know what time it is. You know who you're playing. You know, you know, <laughs> you've, you've passed that. Even if there's been a clear hit, and especially like in Tua's case, a stumble, you still are going to get pulled into the locker room. They will administer those, those easy 10 questions on the field and on the sideline. The next progression is a little more extensive. I would call it a 10 to 15 minute examination test that that has to take place in the locker room in like a more of a clinical setting. They don't do that on the sidelines. So that's when he got removed uh, I've, been, I've been there. You get pulled out in the lot. You get pulled in the locker room. It's just you, a trainer, uh, the neurologist, and then they're going to administer this longer ten-minute thing. And this is a series of what you would even see on a sobriety test. You know, a series of agility, standing on one leg, touching your nose, walking mm. down a line. You're also same thing at the very beginning. He's going to ask you a bunch of questions. He's going to give you some words, a bunch of words. He's going to ask you. Then he's going to distract you. He's going to take you down a bunch of questions. They could be geography questions. They could be simple math questions. He's going to ask you a bunch of stuff. Again, he's giving you this kind of sobriety test. So he's also asking you to perform kind of basic agility things, balance, standing on one leg. Uh, at the end of this 10 to 15 minutes, he's going to come back to these words he gave you at the very beginning of the test. And if you do well on this entire thing, you're not in the protocol. If he deems you to not have a concussion at this point, you are not in the protocol. You cleared it. You you got to pass jail and go straight to go. Right. Like you, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. You're out. You're out of it. And that I've done it. It happened to me. And 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 clearly, Tua passed that exam in the locker room. And you know, obviously, also we learned. You know, symptoms of his back and his ankle also came up. So don't know how much that was in play back there during that examination. But clearly, he he got approved to go back on the field. So he never was put in the protocol. So so the protocol and the ability to pass it, to not even have to enter it such that you can return to play on that same day, in that same game, 
the idea that you're going to be asked these questions and the idea that they're going to be questions in the way that you described, did you know all of that? Like, are players aware of like, listen, if this happens, you're going to need to, you know, what, what do you know about what you're about to experience? No, I mean, I only knew it because I had gone through it, especially I had to go through it twice uh, in, in the, the, the second time because I got out of it. I passed the test and, and it was, you know, to be honest, a, a somewhat similar situation when I was in Kansas City. I took a hit, remember it really well. I tried to jump up and, and bounce up as you do. You know, I, as a quarterback, sometimes you try to take pride, right? You get a good hit and you try to like jump up and let them know you're okay. And I quickly jumped up and, and, and same kind of thing, lost my balance. Almost felt like my leg gave out underneath me and, and had a wobble mm-hmm. and uh, really felt felt fine. And this this whole series of events started, right? Taken to the bench, asked these, you know, the, the, the very generic, easy questions, passed those, got taken to the locker room, passed the more extensive test, was deemed not to have a concussion. I felt great, made that very apparent. I knocked the test out. Can't, now all of a sudden I come trying back out on the sideline. Right, you're proud of yourself. And you I, just passed this test. You're good. Yeah. Get me back in the game, coach. And I was adamant, adamant about it. You know, Andy put me back in and he did. He, I, I went back in the game and here's a coach. I have a ton of respect for coach football as long as anybody, right? He he was there. And, and but this is what, you know, we'll get into is the, the experts cleared me. I passed, I passed the, their metric of, of a concussion that I, I got through and similarly to two, I shouldn't have and, and got through it and I went back in the game. So, so, so <laughs> there's, I want to, I want to take a quick just pit stop here and discuss how you passed it and, and how clear it was that, oh, this is a thing that I aced versus this is a thing that involved some judgment call on behalf of the person administering it. Right when he's talked about, I should not have passed it, but I did. Explain that. Explain how it is that there's ambiguity in this test. Oh, I think in the sense that, you know, we obviously know that concussions kind of fall on a spectrum, right? Like it's not, it's not binary. It's not an on or an off. You know, there's this. I clearly had had one. It was pretty mild. I was incredibly focused during that test because I knew once he, I knew once he pulled me back in the locker room and he started down this road. Oh, I mean, here, here we go. You know, like I'd already had the concussion in San Francisco. Yeah, we're going to get to that uh, concussion con- that, in a little yeah, bit, to be very know, clear here. That, but the one in which you're describing a scene that looked a lot like Tua's when you watch the video, yep, yeah, you're yep. coming out of that saying, I am not going to fail this test. Yeah, and I was locked in. I was incredibly focused given the circumstances, like as competitive as you could get that I'm going to pass this test. I mean, I'm going to pass this freaking test. I'm not going back into the protocol. And yeah, so again, given the very mild nature of the hit I took, I did. I, I, I aced it. I aced it, Pablo. I crushed it. The, the, the acing of the test, right? Like, it sounds like the test also involves you testifying to the degree to which you are being, you, you, are, you are suffering from the effects of a concussion. Yep, without a doubt. Without a doubt, I withheld. Yeah, you're withholding. You're not telling the full truth. Mm. And now did I, I was very, I was 100% clear headed. I remember, I remembered absolutely everything about the incident, but that still didn't change the fact that, yeah. But you, you know, knew you had a concussion and you didn't report it because you wanted to compete. Yeah. I knew I had taken a good hit, Pablo. I knew that I, I knew that I had been uh, compromised 
I guess would have been, would be a good way to put it. I felt great. So like from a classic, you know, definition of a concussion and getting, you know, even getting your bell rung, like I wouldn't even have said that. Like I didn't, but here there was a visual sign. Everybody saw it. I, I felt it. It was strange. It was hard for me to even verbalize what had happened. But all of a sudden now I felt pretty good, especially, mm. you know, 10, 10, 15 minutes removed from the situation. Felt good. Here this independent neurologist has given me a test. I've been given a lot of tests and I'm going to do my best to pass this thing, you know, and, and, uh, but yeah, no doubt with, without a doubt, again, to, to go back to the, your question though, there, there is some level of half truths that get, that get told, you know, there, there's clearly withholding of information. And the motive to do that, to withhold information, to distort the reality of your concussion, how do you explain that? What motivates you to do it? Yeah, it's a, I, it's a good question. Um, certainly to play, you know, to get back out there. Yeah, this was my second concussion. Obviously, we haven't touched my first that, that cost me my starting job. So, you know, certainly that's sitting there. I had gone through a lot here. I felt like my career was finally taking off in Kansas City and uh, didn't want to let that slip through my fingers, you know? It's hard. I'd also been pretty veteran. I, at this point, got little kids. I, I want my brain to be healthy for the rest of my life, you know? So I'm also, don't get me wrong, I mean, I'm, I'm not naive or ignorant to these things, but you're trying to talk yourself into it as well, mm. you know, in that moment. Yeah, I feel good. You know, yeah, like it's it was nothing. So... Yeah, it's hard. And, and then, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that was it, you know, that I I'd felt good. I tried to talk myself into that, that I, that I was okay and that I could go play. And, uh, you know, again, also maybe hoping to rely on that. Yeah. Like if I pass this test, I am good. Right. This means I'm okay. The expert, this, this means, this means I'm good to go. So that almost, that only further, um, empowered me that I was okay. Well, let's get to what happens next in this same game when you're a Kansas City Chief, because the story of your concussion does not end there. What happens next? No, it's like deja vu. My first concussion I got when I was, I slid. First and 10 from the 22 with a quick fake handoff to win. Smith so mobile as a quarterback and he takes a vicious shot. Edwin Jackson getting his money's worth. And he's woozy. Mm. He's woozy. They're going to have to take a look at it. There's no doubt he took a shot here. And you know, quarterbacks get to save themselves by sliding feet first. But if you slide late, then you can't put it on the defender to hold up and not take a shot. And this was, you know, this is like the infamous, I'd kind of talked Andy Reid into running some QB driven run plays, you know, read options. And I loved them. And I'd always told him I'd protect myself. I'll be fine. And so I slid feet first on the first one. You know, slid kind of late, defender coming over the top. And when you slide feet first as a quarterback, you're just so vulnerable. And sure enough, he kind of hits me up in my head. And, and same kind of thing as too. I bounce off the turf. And, and that was the first incident. Well, second incident, it's like, again, uh, like, here we go again. DN crashes. I pull the ball. I'm running in space. I know the situation. We're winning. Like, I, I, I know I already had this one, one incident. Right. I slide again. I feel like I slide even earlier. Sure enough, safety comes over the top, clips my head, and I it's like same thing. I hit my head on the ground and uh yeah, that it it, it happened all over again. Smith fakes the handoff. 
once again a late slide on a second and two and Smith again wow. is slow to get to his feet. That Why? was Clayton Gethers. Why would you run that play when he's already dealing with concussions issues that he's already been knocked out of the game and went into the protocol? There was clearly a moment on the field at that point that I was I was out. You know, I would call it a full, full, you know, one one thousand kind of on the field, or I'm out of it, and I come to jump up. Where you're, you're unconscious for a full second at the least yeah. is your recollection yeah. of it, as hazy as I'm sure as it yeah. must be. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm out on the, I'm out on the field for a short period of time, mm. a very small, very small period of time, and come to with a bunch of trainers and people all, you know, around me. And uh, for me at that point, you know, a, a rush of emotion, you know, I'm really, a, you're pissed at yourself, to be honest, that it happened, that I let it happen. But what, what are you mad at in that moment? What are you pissed at specifically? I think, I think for, for starters that I just got hit, that I shouldn't even have gotten myself hit. Like, what the hell was I doing? That I'd gotten back out into the game and now it was going to, I knew it was already going to set off a bit of a, debacle yeah and so frustrated a debacle in the sense of your job as quarterback or the whole saga of how it is that you were out there in the first place yep both all of the above yeah all of the above you're gonna have to answer for all of it and so you know you didn't even fight it at that point you know you you, you go off with the trainers they walk you off the field and the doctor at this point we go straight back to the locker room and it's the same protocol though right so uh, you, you start with this first same basic, generic, easy questions. You knock those out, and here we go again. And we go down this the second test, which is the same thing. This time, it's a whole series of new words uh, that you got to remember. And then you go down this whole sobriety test again, agility, balance, answering all these kind of, uh, you know, kind of problem-solving questions, you know, any kind of kind of common sense things people would know. He's trying to, they're trying to evaluate my response time, things like that. They come back to those same questions at the end of it. You know, 10 minutes later, I crushed the, I crushed the second one better than the first one. You know, I knocked oh, this, I, I knocked this yep. one out. And Pablo, wouldn't you know it? I'm out of the protocol. I, <laughs> <laughs> I laugh because I don't know what other reaction to have at the sequence of events you've just described. And so it's, it's amazing. It's amazing that you come out of this free and clear. And so it was it was really kind of almost a troubling moment. I mean, I even remember our trainer like laughing about it, like the concussion that you didn't have. Like everybody knew it. Like it, no, it happened. But like obviously the 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 entrance into the protocol was imperfect and still is. But like yeah, and that I again kind of got out, slipped out this side door, and it was funny the rest of that week. Now the Chiefs put me in the protocol and I did it, but it was all kind of unofficial and I didn't start the next week. Right. And it was, right. I remember sitting down with Andy uh, later that week and I, you know, I didn't have any symptoms, had done really well. And, and Andy, I think was very frustrated at himself that he had stuck me in the game the week prior and uh, obviously made the wise decision that he wasn't given the fact that I still had passed all the stuff that he wasn't going to let me play and uh, thankful for him for that. Uh, along with our trainer and doctors that all made, you know, great decisions. Uh, again, for me, at a point when I was still symptom-free and passing tests and moving along and feeling like, 
hey, let's go, you know? And so, yeah, I sat a week and thankfully, and then, and then rolled and rolled after that. Never had another incident to, for the rest of my career. So, and I think, I, I'm sure if you look at my medical records, uh, technically I probably only had one official concussion in the eyes of the NFL. Right, right, right. But, but in reality, you're describing two in this one game alone, right? I mean, and, and this, just to be very clear about this, because the way that you're describing this, the test being passed, the sobriety test metaphor here of like, I'm here to pass this thing and evade punishment, essentially, right? What you're describing is this collective sense that if we play by the rules and ace the test, get through that side door, we all can benefit here, right? Like this is the trade-off when you're the quarterback who's playing really well that they need, is that everybody is rooting for you to pass these things because that means that you get to still be on the field playing. Of course, absolutely. I mean, even watching tonight, you hear like, oh, well, so-and-so runs off and gets goes into the blue 10. It could be any position player, but like if it's a team you're rooting for, you're like hoping whatever, I mean, whether it be an ankle injury or a head injury, you're hoping everything's okay and that they run back out of that blue tent and get back out on the field for your team. You know, like that's, even as a player, you want that. You've invested so much, you've sacrificed so much for your team and yourself in your career, like to even be there. I mean, I don't want to speak for him, but you could, we, Tua's first, you know, rival in the league wasn't exactly what you draw up, you know? The first couple of years of dysfunction no, I mean, the, and they want Deshaun Watson and all right. these things. And and now he's on a hot streak. He's undefeated. He's finally on top of the world and this happens. Yep. It's got an offensive coach that believes in him. He's just, he's rolling. He's hot. Like I, you're, you're feeling as a player is that like, here's my chance. You know, like I, you know, he bit his time those first few years and it was, you know, not pretty. And, you know, although he, not that he played bad, but you know what I'm saying? It was dysfunctional and all this talk about, trading for other quarterbacks. Right, of course. Here he is. He's shining and he's got his moment and you want to you want to take advantage of it. You certainly don't want it. Like I said, you don't want to you don't want to let it slip through your fingers. All right, Alex, after the break. The concussion you experienced on the record in San Francisco. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.
so Alex, this is the one that I remember as a fan, as a media person, knowing about and hearing about, because it is the way that the Colin Kaepernick story begins, right? Spoiler alert. That's how we get Colin Kaepernick <laughs> in San Francisco and that entire saga. But your memories of getting hit, getting concussed as a Niner, you recalled the Kansas City days pretty clearly. Is this one also something you recall very, very clearly? Oh, I remember it so well. Yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of what I just talked about. Like, I, I, was, I was that. I was two. I was the number one pick. It, it just had this uh, tumultuous first five, six years of my career, uh, really struggling to shed the bus label. Just carried a lot of weight as the number one overall pick and a young kid and dealing with those kind of pressure to perform and meeting expectations and, you know, other people's validation. And uh, we weren't a very good football team. They throw that on top. Yep. And a uh, revolving door of offensive coordinators uh, my first, you know, six years. And then, boom, you know, Jim Harbaugh, new coaching staff come in and and we take off. And, and it's like, go to the NFC Championship game. We're overtime, you know, inches from going to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. uh, I had the best season of my career. Learned all these, you know, lessons the hard way, you know, ups and downs. And here we go. And we're rolling. I'm leading the NFL in passer rating. One of the best teams in the NFL. We've got a loaded roster. I feel like I'm only just starting to reach my potential. And we're playing the Rams. And I took a really unnecessary, but took a great hit to the back of the head. Smith on a play fake back to throw. Being pressured. Escapes to his left. Going to run. And Alex will slide down. Takes a little pop from Jolan Dunbar in the back as Alex goes down. Definitely was a... a a good collision. And again, Pablo, I tried to jump up, act like it didn't, you know, didn't phase me. And I did pop, pop right back up, uh, acted like nothing happened and continued to play and, uh, hiding again, yeah, hiding symptoms at this point, trying to assess internally if I'm all right, if I can play through this and continue to kind of roll and, uh, we're driving and completing passes and going, and then we run a QB sneak. And on this QB sneak, I think we converted it, <laughs> converted it, but I go down. I hate QB sneaks because of this, Pablo. And I go down and I hit the ground, kind of diving and boom, instantly, kind of a, what I would call a star in my vision. Mm. Um, trouble seeing. It was a day game, really bright. It, it was a beautiful day at Candlestick Park and got this big kind of bright star in my vision and I'm having trouble seeing at this point. And it's one of these things that you would try to blink off you know, if you had it. It'd be kind of like if you looked at the sun for a little while and then looked away, like trying to blink this off, but it's not, it's not going away, Pablo. And mm. I'm still, I'm still in the huddle calling plays at this point, <laughs> trying to blink this thing off. And at this point, you're not, you're not sure that you have been concussed. That's not no. your own diagnosis yet. The visual thing, no, it's not my diagnosis. I, I, I never was like knocked out or anything. I was, I remember everything very clear headed, but now I got this star that I'm, it's really a visual thing at this point. It's so bright. And it's like really kind of affecting my, my focus. And I, I literally, <laughs> we're driving down the field and they, they blitz me. Thank God. They like, like they blitz, they sent the house. I throw this little dump pass to Crabtree, like on a hot route and he scores a touchdown. Yes. I mean, I throw a touchdown, I throw a touchdown pass. With with basically the inability to see. Yep, yep. 
and uh, like don't know how it happened. I'm like, I couldn't, like I still like really struggling. So I go back onto the, the so go sit down on the bench and I'm sitting there and I remember with Cap like sitting next to me, we're like looking at the pictures and I'm, and I'm trying hard to get this, my eyes to clear up and it's not happening. And I remember distinctly like talking to him like, man, it's not, something's not right. Alex Smith has been sacked twice in this game, but since he was hit by Jolon Dunbar, he hadn't been right. Chris, he is not right. Colin Kaepernick is now in the game, and Alex Smith just watching him on the sideline and the look on his face, there is something wrong physically for sure. At that point, head trainer comes over and uh, start talking to him, and I'm very honest at this point about my symptoms, right, because it's my eyes. I can't see. I mean, I, I, I can, but I can't, like, I can't go play football. I'm not going to help the team at this point, right? Like, Mm. me going out there trying to play quarterback is, is, is this isn't going to be productive for the team. This isn't going to be productive for me. And I'm being very open and honest about my, about this. Boom. We go, we go walking in, uh, cat plays the rest of the game. I think it actually ended in a tie. Uh, but I'm hanging out in the locker room. They come back in, you know, it was really kind of the first time cap had played consistent minutes at that point. I'd kind of been rolling, you know, we drafted in the year prior and you know, I'm in the protocol at this point. And the protocol is kind of new in the NFL, but I go, I go into it. I'm in it. Right, this is 2012, ten years ago. Yep. I this is down the 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 kind of the line of you know, I come in the next day. How'd you sleep? How'd you you know? How'd you do? They take the baseline test. You know, they compare that. I, I take the computer test. They compare it to my baseline answers. You know, my reactionary timing, all this stuff. They're trying to look for discrepancies. You know, as as, as we get in midweek. And we're working out and practicing. I'm having some kind of residual symptoms. I, they were very, very mild. And in the sense that I, I, I almost thought, wondered if I was overthinking them, mm. you know, but I also wanted to kind of be honest about it. You know, when they were asking me, I was a young, you know, still kind of young kid at that time and, and being open and honest about them. So I didn't meet the protocols that week. So Cap starts and he actually starts versus the Chicago Bears. Plays awesome, Right. We, I mean, plays awesome. Mm -hmm. And uh, this kind of kick starts the Jim Harbaugh hot hand kind of thing. Because the next week now, I'm really determined to get my, my spot back. Uh, I'm feeling great trying to pass these protocols. I'm mowing them down, you know, feeling good. I want to get back out there. And at this point, I still haven't had the contact test. And that was the final one. And as a quarterback, it's kind of stupid. It's it, you know, you don't get hit all week again. Well, they basically, the head trainer or somebody gets a, a big, one of the blocking bags and you go out there with your helmet and he smacks you with it a few times and you like run into him and, and then, and then that's and your that's contact. that's the big box that's, to check. That's yeah. like your contact. Cause I mean, you're not going to go run into somebody full speed. Like, what do you do? How do you, how do you evaluate that? So I want to get this done on Friday. That's kind of typically when it would happen as you progress through the week. Well, it doesn't happen on Friday because Friday we travel, we're going to New Orleans, they didn't want to do it after practice. So they kind of said, hey, we'll do it in New Orleans uh, when we get there, maybe Saturday morning at walkthrough. You know, we go, we go through it and do it. And at this point, Jim Harbaugh is still hum-hoing about who's the quarterback. This is Alex's team. Is it not? And then that's where he decided to go with, with Cap and kind of went with the hot hand, as, as he said it himself. Mm -hmm. And man, the rest is history, right? I mean, his first, his first eight games were... Uh, off the charts. Um, um, unbelievable. Just a, a revelation in all of the ways. He still holds records. Yep, he still holds records. Uh, the Green Bay Packers still don't know who has the football in that playoff game. I can still see Clay Matthews running around looking for him, you know, and 
we go to the Super Bowl. And Pablo, I got a C on my chest, man. You know, like I'm the team captain <laughs> and uh, sitting and watching the Super Bowl. And I mean, this is obviously the pinnacle of our sport. It's what you would hope and dare to dream of. And uh, there it is, and there, there, it, it, there it goes, it goes right by me. I watched every every snap from the sidelines, and obviously the whole thing coming down to the end. But uh, yeah, that all started. Uh, you know, the whole thing kind of kickstarted, obviously with with yeah, with the concussion and going in the protocol, and yeah, me being honest about my symptoms. Well, well, let's 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 be very blunt about this, Alex, because you lost your job because you were concussed. I mean, the C on your chest in that way stood for something different. Yep. Like yeah. the big C that entire time, it was it was a direct line from you being, as you said it earlier, you being a young kid trying to be open and honest about his symptoms directly to this fork in the path of your personal history and the history of the sport in general. Yeah, yeah. You know, the protocols were kind of new and, uh, you know, to watching it, I just dis distinctly watching it pass me by from the sidelines. You know, you like the guy that, again, you like sat at the slot machine, warming it up, putting in your time and you get right, up and, the, right, you know, you get course. up and this, this kid sits down and hits the jackpot with the next pull. <laughs> and it's hard to watch. It's frustrating. No, it was so I hard, mean, again, you know? an, again, another thing where I'm laughing, but the pain that is so evident in your recollection of that, it does lead me to wonder whether in retrospect, you wish you weren't as open and forthcoming and bluntly honest about your symptoms. If, if in fact, you wish you had done, you had done it the other way, the way you did it ultimately in Kansas City. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I wonder, like again, to go back to that week when I I really struggled with was I overanalyzing things, you know, symptom wise when I was trying to get cleared, uh, was I overthinking it? you know, in my head, bad, like this, like this internal battle of it. And I did ultimately decide to be open about that. And absolutely, obviously, uh, cost me the rest of that year. And the, my, you know, that was the end of my career in San Francisco, you know? So, uh, no, I, 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 I think I'd be lying if I said that didn't harden me a little bit. But this is, this is, and, and thank you for, you know, indulging the therapy session here that I am forcing you to have, but like, <laughs> but this internal battle between abiding by a policy that you know intellectually is there for the greater good versus your own self-interest. This is the story of every player that enters the concussion protocol is yep. what you're suggesting here. This is Tua Tungavailoa's story. This is Alex Smith's story. This is the story of countless other players, more than a half dozen on Sunday alone, who went through this. Yep. And, so, and so that tension, right, between health, and self-interest, you know, I, I am curious, like, if that is just a thing that is going to be fixed forever. Like, if that tension is just inescapable, if that's just part of this dynamic. Like, how do you get around that part, Alex? The fact that you have competing, conflicting interests here at the same time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think at some point, at some level, they're always going to be there. I think the big factor is here is this: it's this giant, scary unknown, right? Concussions, CTE. It's one of the things we we just don't know a lot about it, right? We don't know about the long term effects. So as a player, you're sometimes well, it's not going to be me. You know what? It wasn't that bad. It was mild. Like you know, these are things that you grapple with and tell yourself, you know, potentially when you're dealing with this, and that you're like, I'm okay. I can come back. I can play through this. 
but again, you do hear these horror stories, certainly of, of, of course, and we see it right of, of, of former players, older players dealing with these things. It scares the hell out of you, you know, yep. everybody. But like, again, we still, there still is so much unknown though. You mentioned a slot machine before. It feels like this is kind of the same metaphor of like, there's a risk, right? Is the risk worth it when there is a degree of uncertainty of unknown dealing with the brain? And 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 I I want to be empathetic, Alex, towards people who are choosing between their own careers and and their health and where in fact those trade-offs can be made. Yeah, I mean, and and the and then you know the truth is, I mean, we're making that as a football player, when you're playing, I mean, every single day with your whole body, right? I mean, this, exactly. this is the reality. I mean, every, every joint <laughs> bone in your body, you know, you're, you're laying on the line. And certainly that adds to the, like, this is the reason we love football though, too, right? I mean, it is- The violence, the risk is all essential to its appeal. Yes, the speed, the speed, yep, the power, all of that out there on display is is part of the reason we love it. You know, I, I, I think the NFL- I really do believe that they they've tried so hard and we've seen it. I mean, the the rule changes, the thing that they things that they've tried to implement as the as the years have gone on to make the game as safe as possible. And I think that the thing to remember here, I think that's always going to be a moving unattainable target, but we want to get as close as we can. For me with the concussion protocol and watching, you know, last Thursday with Tua you know, certainly for me, again, going back to, I mean, what was that, five, six years ago when I went through the same thing and and to see him kind of go through such a similar experience, obviously this one far more public and, you know, got a lot more attention. But yeah, that it's an imperfect system. It probably always will be imperfect, but we can be better. And that watching Tua go through this, it shouldn't have happened. There should have been one of 12 to 15 people, Tua included, that shoulda, woulda, coulda said no. Well, well, but this is, but this is, but this is the thing, right? It, it, you're describing. I mean, this is this is the privilege of making the call for someone else, right? It's it's the idea that actually the wiring of an NFL player is such that you do need someone to protect them from themselves. I think you know in football, like a lot of sports, there's so much pride, and it comes with the history of football being tough being a tough football player and playing through things and being there for your team and being accountable. You know, if you play through, you know, a sprained shoulder, you know, you go out and tough it out for your teammates. You're there's so much respect and for that toughness. And, you know, you know, in the sense of like, that's, 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 that's such a part of the culture of a locker room. And, you know, there's only 53 guys on the roster. So like the, they're not even too deep at some positions it's it's uh it's part of it but then again like concussions are such a such a different animal you know well, let's, it's, let's it's talk, not that, that yeah. that's that's the thing right like you're the perfect person to talk to about this story for like 90 different reasons at this point not just the concussion stuff but because you are the most famous case study in one of the visible visceral injuries right that is your story too the story of your leg project 11 all of that and it does feel like, Alex, there is still, simply because of the visible nature of a leg injury versus a brain injury, it feels it feels different as a result. Oh, yeah, absolutely, right? 
I mean, yeah, the the, na- the visible nature of certainly a bad break um, and, you know, the scars to go with it and, you know, the trauma, um, the external trauma that we can see and digest as a viewer and an audience. Right. The, 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 the urge to vomit when you see the bone poking through <laughs> versus yeah. the idea that actually this brain thing might be so much more absolutely. problematic medically yep. long term. Yep, Absolutely. No doubt, long-term consequences that uh, we're obviously only learn just learning and 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 figuring out, and uh, it, it's not visible, right? You can't, you don't get an MRI, and it, like he tore his he tore his MCL, like he can't play, like you know he's got a high ankle sprain, like those are things that are so clearly diagnosable, and when you look around the locker room, like you know there there's a little bit like th- those are things that you just can't, you're not going to play through. Right. Well, like the concussion is like, it's, it's not quantifiable. It's not tangible. Like, well, you, you know, like you're okay. <laughs> Go play. Right. Like, There's you know, a like test that you had to take that you failed a test. That's why you can't do this. Yes, exactly. Like you told him you had symptoms. Really? Like, you know, like uh, all of a sudden I think you do, you feel, yeah, you don't, you feel weak. You know, you told him you had symptoms. You didn't get cleared. You know, like there is an element of that. And, uh, Certainly, I think that's a that's a conflict. That's a, probably a culture that needs to, and I think is changing, um, but it's there. It's for sure there. I have just noticed and I appreciate in this conversation how you have sort of swung between like the person that was playing and the convictions you had and still feel and now the person that is trying to be aware of like, what the science is saying and and you're trying to see yourself alex as if you are not yourself you're trying to be outside the body of the person whose body was at the center of this story yeah and you know and the, the scariest thing not scariest but like the thing i have trouble with mostly now my 11 year old wants to play football you know mm. and uh grappling with that uh you know i didn't play till high school and uh you know, again, I love football. Same. You know, and he uh, he loves it himself and wants to play. And so we'll see. Luckily, I've got a few years here to figure this out. But uh, yeah, you know, you, you, you think about those things certainly far more as a parent. You know, when you were playing, when I was a kid and I started playing, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. And uh, you just don't think about those things uh, when you're in it. Alex Smith, thank you for thinking about all of these things with us tonight. Pablo, thanks as always, man. I'm Pablo Torre. This has been ESPN Daily. I'll talk to you tomorrow.